0: Hey folks, it's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times, TampaBay.com, here on the Cannon Fodder Podcast. It is December 13th, uh, Wednesday podcast. Uh, Bucks were off on Tuesday, they're also off today. Uh, They do get the uh, extra day, the eighth day, to get ready for Monday night at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, So a couple things to get to. Got transactions, got some community events they're doing, uh, a Gerald McCoy update. Uh, But anyway, Bucks will be back practicing Thursday. They'll practice Thursday, Friday. uh, What usually would be their Friday morning practice, kind of that light special teams walk through is Saturday morning, then they're off Sunday, then they play Monday night. Uh, Lots of John Gruden talk this week uh, because he goes in the ring of honor on Monday night. Uh, Fairly awkward timing, uh, at least for Dirk Cutter, uh, since he's kind of on the bubble in terms of whether he's back and the guy that a lot of fans want to replace him, or, or some fans want to replace him, I should say, is out there on the field uh, at halftime Monday. Uh, so he would do well to uh, have a good first half and not be uh, down by three touchdowns at the half, or it could be a, a fairly bad halftime there at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, we'll have lots on Gruden this week. The Times is doing a poll online, uh, and a good poll at that, asking... Uh, who deserves more credit for the Bucks' Super Bowl win in 2002, whether it's uh, John Gruden, who obviously was a first-year coach that year, uh, took them all the way to San Diego and got them the win against his old team against Oakland, or whether it's Tony Dungy, who obviously uh, set a lot of that in motion with the success they had in his years uh, from '96 to 2001, uh, getting them in the playoffs, getting them to championship game, um, but ultimately falling short in the biggest, uh, you know, in the playoffs, which is why he had lost his job. So back and forth between fans. I, I tend to, we had to answer this for, uh, for the times, and I, uh, I I would go with Gruden if I had to. I think they both had a huge role in getting the Bucks a championship, uh, but I feel like it's so hard, it would be easy for that team to get to the Super Bowl and lose, or to get to the NFC Championship game and lose in Philadelphia. And I think there's a, a big amount of credit due to John Gruden just for closing the deal, you know, for, for getting those last uh, last wins to close it out. Obviously the Super Bowl ended up being a fairly resounding victory. Um, I think Tony Dungy did so much to bring expectations of greatness and the confidence that comes with that in Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and John Lynch and Rondé Barber and so many of the players that we still talk about today. Uh, but again, I think if you had to shift it 60-40 to give somebody a larger share of the credit, I would, I would do that towards John Gruden. Um, will be interesting to see uh, how he is received and uh, what he has to say in the next couple days. But uh, again, we got two more podcasts to talk about that. Uh, do want to catch you up on some transactions. Uh, a big name doesn't necessarily impact the team hugely. Uh, but the Bucks opted to promote Riley Bulla from the practice squad. Uh, back in August, we talked a lot about Riley Bulla on this podcast. Um, big star during uh, Hard Knocks on HBO. A big part of that. Obviously missed the cut uh, when it came down to final cuts in the preseason. But has been in the practice squad ever since. Has kind of done the job uh, for three months on the practice squad. And gets the call up. Um, they waived a cornerback named Deji Olatoye. Uh, which kind of opens the door for uh, Riley Bulla not only to be up, but to be active on Sunday. Uh, That's a special teams role that he's worked hard to get himself into. Uh, If you're a young linebacker in the NFL, special teams is your absolute uh, gateway in terms of getting on the field, making plays. Uh, So I'm sure fans will be excited to see Riley Bulla. Just to warn you, he does not have the long hair anymore. If you haven't kept track of things here, got that Joe Dirt nickname. In training camp for that long, long hair he had uh, about a month ago, maybe cut that hair is now very short. Uh, looks like a different guy almost. Uh, same player, but just doesn't have the the Joe Dirt haircut anymore. Uh, be excited to see him step in, kind of get a uh, a three game tryout, if you will, as he starts to make a case for making the cut as a backup linebacker in 2018. Um, And then the other cool part of that is that with him moving up from the practice squad, opens up a spot on the practice squad. uh, And that spot goes to uh, Nigel Davis, who's a guy who's a local here in Tampa, went to Hillsborough High School, played at USF. uh, Has actually done a fair amount as a rookie. um, Made the the cut initially with the Chargers as an undrafted rookie. uh, One of several local players on the Chargers roster at the start of the season. Had 11 tackles in 7 games with the Chargers. Got cut. Uh, I think they had depth issues at other positions that had cut him. So got cut, got claimed on waivers by the Giants, played in two games with the Giants, then got a rib injury, uh, went on IR, and then eventually declined a settlement and got waived off IR. Uh, got about four paychecks on IR, four week game checks. And then uh, this week, it was kind of a neat deal where <coughs> there's some leverage go- going on. Uh, Monday, worked out in Green Bay, and I kind of let the Packers know uh, his preference was to play in Tampa for the Bucks, and had a workout lined up with the Bucks on Tuesday and kind of put the pressure on, on the, the Packers to where if, if they wanted him, you know, they had to sign him to their 53-man roster. If they were only offering a practice squad type spot, uh, he would wait and see what the Bucks were offering. He actually had another workout planned uh, for Wednesday and had the workout with the Bucks. I, I didn't know whether this would be a 53 or a practice squad spot. It would have been impressive if they had brought him in over Riley Bulla, just given the time that Riley spent trying to get on the roster, but uh, worked out where the Bucks could get him for just a practice squad spot. You know, if he does well in three weeks here, uh, most NFL teams, if they like players in the practice squad, will sign them to what are called futures contracts uh, as soon as the season ends, so literally three weeks from now. And that puts them on roster uh, when the season ends and the rosters expand to 90, uh, it gets them a head start on that. And basically it keeps you in the program uh, with the coaches, with trainers, with everything else um, from the start in the offseason. So you're ahead of all the free agency pickups, you're ahead of all the draft picks. You're in, And it's hard sometimes. I mean, if you're a, a future signee, um, it, it's hard because you know you weren't good enough to make the roster when they were 53 so you're you're kind of on the outside and you, you have to hope that you can pick up enough to make up for the people they bring in after you because obviously they're going to draft players they're going to sign players in free agency but again Pat Murray's a guy that was a, uh, a futures contract his first time around and made the cut there's lots that are good stories of guys that that get futures contracts and wind up signing so Nigel Harris uh, on the practice squad, you know, with Nigel there in the practice squad, it's also pushing Riley Bulla. I mean, he's got to do well or they'll trade those two. And Nigel will get called up and he'll get the look and Riley will go back on the practice squad. But uh, two young linebackers there. Um, you know, the Bucks will have good depth at linebacker if they do nothing next year because obviously... Levante David is back and Quan Alexander is back and, and now we have Kendall Beckwith in his second year uh, Devante Bonds probably in a little bit of a nervous spot because he's going to have to fight for that job they've kind of used Devonte as a little bit of a pass rusher uh, but mostly what we've seen of Devonte on special teams are, are a couple of costly penalties so that's a roster spot that'll be up for grabs next year uh, I do want to talk uh, last night uh, Buccaneers defensive line did their D-line delivers Christmas event at Raymond James Stadium Really neat event uh, in advance of Christmas and getting ready for the holidays here. Um, They did it at Raymond James this year. They usually do it at one buck. but did it at Raymond James, uh, brought 75 families, needy local families, uh, identified them through United Way, uh, brought them in, and they thought they were just getting a holiday dinner uh, in the West Club there at Raymond James Stadium and then a stadium tour. And It's really neat how they do it in that Gerald McCoy comes out and the other guys come out on the stage, and they say, hey, we got some surprises for you. And then they uh, they had roped off the, I guess it's the, my compass is off, I think it's the north end. Yes, the north end of the West Club had roped that off and they let the kids kind of run through the curtains. And they got bikes set up, specifically set up, girl bikes, boy bikes, right size bikes uh, for 100, <coughs> sorry, for 125 kids. Um, each bike, streamers on it, name tag to let the kids know what it is. Every kid there gets a bike, and then they tell them, hey, by the way, for every family we have a $150 Publix gift card for you, which is great. You know, that's a, a week of groceries or a good amount of groceries for most families. And then uh, they're not done. Um, they take them downstairs and they open up the new uh, Buccaneers team store, which is on the, the west side of Raymond James Stadium. And uh, each family got $200 to spend in the team's door, so you can get, you know, jersey for the kids and a mini helmet or a t-shirt or all kinds of stuff. That that team store literally has everything Bucks related. There's little Bucks Legos, there's tackling dummies, there's hats and jewelry and shirts. Everything you can imagine. Anyway, these kids basically you get to go have a $200 shopping spree for your kids, for your family there at the uh, team store. And then they took them on buses and took them over to Target on Mabry and each family had $300 to spend at Target. So really neat thing. You do the math and that's a lot of money for these families. Uh, You're talking about $700 or so uh, in gift cards, plus a dinner, plus the bike. Uh, And the Bucks defensive linemen, there's 13 of them that took part in this. Not just McCoy, not just the big guys. Uh, All your practice squad guys are there as well. Uh, Together they donated about $65,000 to make that happen. So a really neat event. Uh, offensive line does something very similar with meals at Thanksgiving. Uh, Mike Evans has three events this week. He had a dinner for fans Monday night, did a big dinner for uh, victims of domestic abuse and their their children on Tuesday, and he has another event where he's bringing kids into One Buck Place today. So Mike Evans doing a lot of things. James Winston has had his big event. Lots of different things going on. Clint McDonald had one last week. Uh, this is the time of year where they can do lots of events to give back to the community. So really neat thing to see. Uh, Gerald McCoy talked a little bit about how how much it's important for him to not only take care of his kids but take care of as many kids as he can and to help parents that are not in a position to take care of their kids the way you want to at Christmas time bring those smiles to faces. Uh, and I think the guys get a lot out of that. The other note with Gerald McCoy, and I'm burying the lead to get to this 12 minutes into the podcast. but. Uh, Gerald McCoy says he's not done trying to play in 2017. Um, you know, at the end of the game there Sunday, uh, I think most people had thought that was a season-ending injury. Uh, there were reports that it was a torn bicep muscle for him and his right arm. And then Gerald, midday yesterday, posted a workout video. He's lifting weights, trying to do a lot of things. Um, so McCoy is going to try and play. Um, I don't know if it will be this week. I think he said if there's even the slightest chance he can play, he wants to go after it. So. Um, what he can do with one arm or one arm and a little bit of the other arm, I don't know. Uh, you can certainly make the case that a one arm Gerald McCoy might be more effective than the 46th guy that dresses on the roster. So I get that. Um, the Bucks will not allow McCoy to do anything if they feel like there's risk of exacerbating any injuries or making things worse uh, with an eye on 2018. So that, that kind of is where it has to start. But you know, when the Bucks made the move yesterday, they promote Riley Bola. The easy thing to do would be to put Gerald on IR, uh, and they didn't. And it's not to say that they they won't if they decide later this week that it's just not going to happen. But the fact that they cut somebody on the roster rather than immediately put Gerald on there suggests that they are looking at the possibility of not putting him on IR and uh, and going from there. So. Be interesting to see what happens with that. But Gerald, I think it means a lot to Gerald to do everything he can to try and play, even if he's not 100% and everything else like that. So uh, we'll have more on that uh, tomorrow. uh, Friday especially, we'll have more. And again, Monday is a preview podcast. So we've still got potentially three more podcasts before we get to uh, Monday and the Falcons and Monday Night Football here in Tampa. That will do it for now. Thank you guys for listening very much. We'll have lots more as we get on with the week and get back to uh, access with players and that kind of stuff. For now, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com, this is Greg Allman. Thanks again, folks, for listening to the Cannon Fodder Podcast.